Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Art of Money podcast, where I share honest conversations about how money influences our personal experiences, beliefs, and relationships, infusing this taboo subject with a loving dose of dark chocolate and inspiring encouragement. I am Barry Tesler, a financial therapist, author, and creator of The Art of Money, which is my flagship program, year-long money school, and global community. Integrating money healing, money practices, and money maps, The Art of Money is my holistic framework, blending therapeutic, body-based practices with the real-life tools you need to create healthy, sustainable change in your relationship with money. So you can say goodbye to that dusty old budget and hello to healing your money life. Learn more on my website, barrytesler.com. For now, grab something to sip on, get comfy, and tune in to today's episode of the Art of Money podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Art of Money community. And today I'm interviewing Travis Hornsby. And what I know about him is that he is a CFA, a chartered financial analyst. He's the founder of Student Loan Planner, which is a financial coaching company. And I like that I saw on his website, he calls himself a chief student loan planner. And he used to be a bond trader. And I have lots of questions for him around student loans. I have lots of questions for him around the government stimulus monies right now for small businesses. We are smack dab in the middle of this pandemic. It's been going on for about four weeks now in the US. Um, we've known it's coming for a while, but everything's been shut down for about a month now. So welcome to you, Travis, in this unusual time, welcome. Thank you, great to be on the show, Barry. So as we begin, I would love to hear just a little bit more about how you describe your work these days. So just share work, family, anything that's important to you, and then we'll, we'll dive into more of your specialty. I mean, sure. So my wife's a physician. So, you know, she's going through what a lot of people are going through right now with the anxieties around treating COVID patients and uh, just all of that. So that's kind of what's going on in the background from the personal life standpoint. Um, you know, she's the reason I also got involved in the student loan space to begin with, because she had six figures of student loan debt, and she got some bad advice. So, you know, everybody kind of tells you, well, you just have to pay your debt off. And that's not actually just not true anymore. You might want to pay your debt off, but then you also might want to pursue forgiveness programs. So my background as a bond trader gave me the unique skills to be able to figure out when that is, when somebody should should pursue one or the other. And, and just really navigating the student loan maze you know, is, is what we specialize in. It's all we do. And, you know, we charge a few hundred bucks for people, one-time fees, figuring that out. So that's kind of what we do is, is try to find the best path forward for somebody to save on their student loans and to not have the student loans affect their lives anymore. You know, people tend to have extreme anxiety around their student loan debt. It just feels like a, a death sentence or a prison sentence, you know, for a lot of people. And, and it just feels like a million pound weight is on their shoulders. And, you know, for the people who have these larger balances, I'm here to tell you that you have more to look forward to than you can imagine. 
Um, you are better off financially than you ever thought you were, but you still need a plan. And that's what we do is, is make student loan plans uh, full time. So the last time I did an interview about student loans, it was at least five, six years ago. And it felt so intense and painful as though um, this is what keeps us awake at night. There are so few options around our student loan debt. It just felt hopeless and painful. And I'm delighted that, you know, you sound light. <laughs> you sound like you know options and different approaches. And um, so, you know, let's dive in. Do we need to talk more about what's changed right now because of this pandemic? And things like student loan interest is put on hold and our payments put on hold. I haven't heard about that yet. Should we start with just some practicalities around where we're at and then go to, okay. Yeah, basically what the stimulus did is if you have federally held student loans, it takes your payment down to zero a month and gives you 0% interest until, until September the 30th. Okay, I haven't heard that. That's brand new. I heard that there was a pause on the interest, but not that you do not have to pay anything until September. It's it's even more than you don't have to pay anything. It's actually if you made any payments at all between March 13th and September 30th, you're actually even allowed to call your servicer and ask for a refund. Okay, wow. So, so that's a pretty big deal. Um, you know that helps people that have federal student loans that are currently in repayment. Now here's the catch. You have to have been enrolled in an income-driven plan as of March 13th. So, for example, if you were not paying all your student loans before March 13th, for example, you were in a forbearance or maybe you were in a, in a deferment, then this uh, payment freeze um, you know, does not apply to you in the sense of you don't get credit towards forgiveness programs. So what we're telling people is this, if you were already in a payment program on March, on March 13th, then you basically don't have to do anything except you might want to call your your servicer and ask for a refund if they pulled money out of your bank account after that date. And you probably should do that. So you don't have to apply or anything. Now the, the people that need to do something are those folks that, you know, were not enrolled in an income driven plan on March 13th. I mean, you should just go ahead and apply because the payments will be zero during this time. So the way to apply for that is studentaid.gov slash IDR, like ID as in dog R. So if you go to studentaid.gov slash IDR, then you can apply for an income-driven plan. Another thing we're telling people to do is, Barry, a lot of people have lost their incomes right now, you know, and and you can apply to lower your payment for a much longer period than September 30th if you go to that same URL that I mentioned, and you can just apply to have your payment recalculated so that after September 30th, your payment would be at a new lower number based off of you losing your income. Um. Now, who does this not help? That's a good question. Who does this not help, the stimulus bill? It doesn't help my husband because he consolidated his student loans and doesn't have a federal loan any longer, right? Yeah, well, there's two kinds of people that this doesn't help. One is people with private loans that refinance their loans with the private lender. Those, Those folks are still having interest charged. Your payments continue. You can actually ask your payments to stop for probably three months. Most every private lender that I've looked at is pausing payments for three months if you ask, but the interest rate continues to accrue, right? So that's, that's, that's definitely a a downside. It's definitely unfortunate because there was a version of that bill that would have paid private loan payments for people and it didn't pass. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, the other group of people that 
this bill doesn't help that could do something about it or, or people with loans from before 2010. So there's a lot of people out there, about 6 million people that have student loans um, that are issued before 2010, specifically loans that are held at commercial entities. So what we're telling people just to make it real simple is if you have loans from before 2010 and if those loans are six figures, you need to reach out to a group like ours and get a plan to get it reviewed. So, you know, the reason being is, is if you have more than, you know, a hundred thousand dollar amount and your loans are from before 2010, then you could qualify for this payment and interest freeze for six, but you consolidate your loans and you have to identify whether or not that's a good idea, you know, because if you've been paying for a long time on, on income-based repayment and you consolidate your loan, then you start off again at ground zero with no payment history at all, you know? So, you know, you want to evaluate doing that versus getting this payment and interest freeze in place on your loans. So a lot of times people kind of assume their loans are private and they're not. And sometimes people don't know that they have private loans and, you know, it's just, it can be confusing for people. So I just want to say that for the vast majority of student loan borrowers, probably about 80%, you basically have to just do absolutely nothing and get this benefit, which is great. And then for, you know, maybe 20% of people, you're either not covered with this or you could do something about it and get some money back. And when you're talking about refinance student loans, it's the same thing as at some point you consolidate it to a lower interest rate, right? That's what you mean? It's kind of similar. But so the thing about consolidating is you consolidate is really a word I like to reserve for only keeping your loans with the government. So when you consolidate your loans with the government, you just take a bunch of loans and put them into one loan with the U.S. government. I see. So that, that doesn't lower your interest rate. That just makes you have a new direct consolidation loan with the average interest of all the loans you put into it. So the thing that does affect your interest rate is when you, you know, refinance with a private lender. So you're technically consolidating because you're taking a bunch of loans and, and making fewer loans, right? So, I mean, so that's, that is true that you're consolidating, but it's just like, it's not a word that I like to use for making a bunch of loans into a private loan, just because people confuse that with keeping it with the government a lot. Okay. Okay. There's so much here to tackle. Um, I loved how you just asked yourself a question and then answered it. Uh, so please keep doing that. I, I do that in my house a lot. I ask myself questions. I answer it. My family thinks that's hilarious. Um, but I, so let's keep going with please share anything that you want us to know right now about this territory. Well, so people kind of assume that their student loans are paused and then they don't have to think about them. And that's kind of not true. And the reason for that is because, you know, student loans are not going away right? They had the opportunity to forgive some student loan debt for everybody and they blocked that pretty hard. So that means student loans are going to start up again. I don't know if it's going to start up again on September 30th or if we have this economic contraction last longer and they extend it. But student loans are going to start up again at some point. And the things that you do now impact how much money you save later in a big way. So just one example I gave you earlier was just certifying your income again. If your income fell, I would say probably about half of people don't know that you can even do that. You know, and that saves you a ton of money because let's say you're making 50000 a year. So your student loan payment, let's say, was $400 a month. And now let's say that, you know, because of COVID, your hours are cut in half. So you could recertify your income with your, um, with that studentaid.gov website I mentioned, and that would cut your payment from 400 a month to zero a month. So now imagine getting that $0 a month payment for an additional six months or something like that, more than you would have otherwise gotten it, well, you know, $400 times six months, that's $2,400. And 
And that's just for a change that you make in terms of the savings for one year. Mm-hmm. So another thing that this really trips people up is, is tax filing. So, you know, a lot of people don't know that you can file your taxes, married filing separate to exclude your spouse from your payment for your student loans. That's a huge money saver. So many people file taxes the wrong way when they're married, when they have big student loans. It's just very costly mistake that people will make. So we kind of review that for clients to make sure that people are filing their taxes the right way uh, for their student loan benefit. Now, one thing I'll say is, is you mentioned that you have a lot of healers and a lot of kind of creatives and and people like that listening to this podcast. So I want to tell you that if you owe more than your debt, um, sorry, if you owe more than your, your earning rather, um, if you're, if you owe more than what you earn, then you might want to consider going for forgiveness instead of trying to pay your loans back. So, you know, there's some data out there, Barry, that supports a, uh, the fact that like, you know, especially like naturopaths, acupuncturists, chiropractors, like those kind of folks, yes. um, their, their debts have soared relative to what they're earning, you know? So it's, it's not uncommon for an acupuncturist to have like 250,000 of student loans and be struggling to make 40 or 50,000 a year. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. and with that kind of situation, you feel hopeless because to pay back 250,000, the loan people tell you, you have to pay 2,500 a month. Well, you might be taking home 3,500 a month. And so you're supposed to live on a thousand dollars a month for 10 years. How are you supposed to get married or have a family or, or buy a house? Right. So, I mean, those are the kind of anxieties that people bring in to, you know, our meetings with, with clients because that's what they're going through, you know. Um, maybe you are a photographer and you owe $100,000 because you went to some photography school that closed, but it didn't close while you were there. And now you have like 100000 and you've used all the forbearance and deferment you can and, and you're making decent money. Um, right now you're not making anything because nobody's doing weddings, right? So you, you don't have that side hustle to make extra money for that. But, but when times are good, you know, you're making 80,000 a year, but most of it's like as a 1099 contractor and you've got, you know, 150,000 of student loans and you don't know how you're going to pay 1500 a month when you have, you know, such an unpredictable up and down income. So, so yeah. So explain some of these forgiveness programs. Cause when I remember checking them out years ago, they seemed extremely limited for doctors that were serving, you know, in different parts of the world or for social workers that were um, working in the mental health field. Um, Mm -hmm. It wasn't for people that were starting their own businesses. And so, Mm -hmm. so talk about current options that I don't know anything about. Sure. I mean, so the public service loan forgiveness program is the most commonly known program for forgiveness. And it's, it's a good program because you pay, 10% 10% of your income for 10 years. And to qualify, you have to work at a not-for-profit or government employer full-time. Okay. So that's one program. That's, you know, a program that maybe applies to 25% of the American workforce. So that still leaves out 75%, right? Okay. You know, and, and there's all kinds of things about PSLF to, to be an expert in. You have to know kind of when to send the loans to Fed Loan Servicing, which is the servicer that manages the program. You have to know how to get payment counts corrected if they're wrong. You have to know, you know, how to balance trying to pursue that forgiveness program versus pursuing maybe another job that might pay you more. So, I mean, that, those are the questions that, you know, we like to answer for folks. Now, the thing is, is for, you know, forgiveness, what about the other 75% of America, you know, that, that doesn't qualify for that program? How do they get forgiveness? So there's a kind of forgiveness that everyone qualifies for, regardless of what your job is and regardless of how much or little you're working. And it's just called income-driven forgiveness. 
So income-driven forgiveness is what you get if you pay based on your income for 20 years. And at the end of the 20 years, if you still owe a balance, those loans are forgiven. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's one catch. The, the catch is that you have to pay income tax on that forgiven balance. Okay. Okay. So if you, what does that mean? So let's say you're that acupuncturist, you've got $250,000 of student loan debt. So instead of paying 2,500 a month, you can pay 10% of your $50,000 income, which is, you know, 400 a month approximately, right? It's, it's actually even better than that because they give you a deduction before they take, take any money from you, you know, to give you like a little money to live on before they take 10%. So in fact, like you could pay as little as maybe like $200 a month if you plan carefully. So the thing is, is if you'd rather pay 200 a month or 2,500 a month, everybody's going to want to say, well, I want to do 200 a month, right? Because that's $200 a month is a lot less. But the scary thing that gets people worked up is the 250K is going to grow and it's going to grow into a big balance and then you're going to have to pay income tax in 20 years on that forgiven balance. And then it doesn't feel like loan forgiveness because, because I'll, I'll kind of ask this question. If you asked most professional students that were pursuing their passion in life in graduate school, you know, we're going to give you an offer. The offer is the government pays for your entire education. All you have to do is pay 10% of your taxable income every year for 20 years, and then that's it. Right? Yeah. Most everybody would sign up for that, don't you think? I do. I mean, but I'm even, I think I'm, the amount of 250000 I'm kind of like stopped in my tracks. I think I've, I've heard that much maybe for lawyers or mm-hmm. doctors, but I've never heard that for acupuncturists or. Yeah, we, we see it. We see it all the time. I mean, you know, certainly people. Those numbers. Okay. Yeah, people owe less than that, obviously. Like some people might owe 100000 or they might owe nothing because they have some support from family, right? Um, but, you know, basically if somebody has a graduate degree these days, it's almost positive that they're coming out with more than 50 grand of student loan debt. Yes, more than 50 right. grand. Give me a range of numbers like of, and of different professions that you see. Just give us a little sense of what's normal out there. I mean, yeah, like you know, if, you're, if you're, you know, family is in the top, you know, bit of the income distribution, um, then, you know, if, you're, if your family's in the top kind of third of the income distribution, you probably don't leave with any debt from undergrad, right? Like you probably come out debt-free from undergrad. But if you, if you don't, you probably come out with anywhere from like 10 to 40 grand of student loan debt from undergrad for a college degree. Yes. And, uh, and then if you did take out a lot of debt, it's probably in your parents' name, not your name. So we see a lot of parents with parent plus loans in excess of 100 grand, you know, they took out loans from multiple kids. Yes. Um, so that's because the schools give unlimited loans to parents, but not to kids. And so they come to the parents and they say, Hey, you don't want your kid to have to drop out of the school, do you? And, uh, you know, that emotional guilt trip causes people to sign up for way more debt than they should for their kids, you know? So, you know, we rarely see anybody in their own name have debt of more than 40 grand for undergrad. It's just very difficult to do because they put pretty hard caps on what students can borrow for undergrad. Um, so we do a lot of parent plus loan consultations, by the way, for parents that owe more than, you know, a large amount. Okay. Um, you know, so, so people that go on to graduate school, um, you know, I mean, I can read off some of the numbers. It's kind of, it's kind of shocking, right? Like, I mean, I think some of the listeners will be like, oh my gosh. Um, now granted, I'll say this, the average debt of our clients tends to be about, about a third higher than the true average because, you know, people reach out to us because they have a lot of debt, right? Like the people with less debt aren't reaching out to us as, you know, in as high numbers, obviously, you know? So, 
Um, so, I mean, dentists, 388,000, veterinarians, 277K, um, physicians, 330,000, uh, attorneys, 225,000, chiropractors, 245, pharmacists, 225,000, psychologists, 258,000, um, physical therapists, 184,000. Um, let me go down my list some more here. Acupuncturist, 217,000. Got it. So I'm, I'm doing what I call a body check-in, which is mm-hmm. one of the first tools that I give folks for my psychotherapy background, somatic psychotherapy background. I'm trying to take a deeper breath. You know, mm-hmm. I'm trying to <laughs> calm yeah. down. Um, so when people come to you, mm-hmm. I, I love that I saw, you know, they're coming to you to ask you about their student loan debt and about how they can handle that in the best way but you're approaching it holistically. You're approaching it of let's look at the whole picture. Um, Where are you at in your career? What do you want to be doing? Um, What's your lifestyle? Where are you living? How old are you? So explain a little bit more about when people come to you, um, what you're, you're doing a financial plan. You're not just Mm -hmm. answering someone's questions about student loan debt. So you're seeing it in the whole picture. So explain a little bit more of how you work. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, if, if somebody has a severe pr- problem with their finances, like we're going to bring it up, you know, but, but our focus is really on getting you to the point where you could even be able to work with a financial advisor one day, right? I mean, you know, and some financial advisors bring us in for people that already have a lot of income and assets and just need to help with their student loans. I mean, we help people across the spectrum, right? We've helped people that are, you know, having mental breakdowns because of their debt that are making 40000 a year that have 300000 of student loan debt. And we help people that make 800000 a year that have, you know, 500000 of student loan debt, right? So, like, we, we help people kind of regardless of what shape they're in. Um, you know, I would say, you know, um, I think and that... Let me just jump in really... How are you so calm about this? So, you know, when you're working with people who are having really strong emotions... Sure around this area are you so calm because this is something that you just live and breathe and you study and you enjoy studying it and you know the nuances and you know that there are options like save that. well like so here's kind of the way that I look at it right so like contrast what I do to like what my wife does in the medical field right like if if somebody is 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 dying you know you might see something like that all the time and you might be able to save them but then you might not be able to right um and that's something that's very serious, but like, you know, a trained physician that's done a bazillion cases is going to know what to do to try to save that person's life. Right. Um, luckily with finances, you know, generally somebody's life is never at risk, except in the case when someone's facing severe depression and is having suicidal ideation over like the pain they're in. Yeah. Right. So like the good news with finances is like, it's a hundred percent curable disease, right? I don't care how bad your situation is, you know, it's definitely curable. Because finances, it's all kind of like a game. Like all these numbers are just like kind of like, you know, I mean, why why did why does it cost three hundred thousand dollars to get a certain degree? It's just it's all kind of made up monopoly money is how it feels, right? It's like when you know all the loopholes and all the rules and all the regulations and you, you really are an expert in that, then it's not something that's paralyzing and, and overwhelming and, and fear creating. It's something that you can explain and, and just really work through for someone, right? So I mean, I think that's why I'm calm about it is just because I've done, I've made thousands of plans individually and our team has made thousands of plans and, uh, and we've 
uh, we've seen some really bad stuff. <laughs> you know, I mean, we've seen people talk about what bridge they're going to jump off of because of their student loan debt. You know, I mean, we've seen people have mental breakdowns. We've seen people's relationships that ended over this stuff. Um, we've seen some really great stories too, right? We've seen some tremendous success stories of people feeling like they finally self-actualized because once they had a you know, path for their loans, now the, the loans weren't holding them back. Now they could do the thing they've always wanted to do. So I guess that's why I'm kind of calm about it, Barry. It's just because, you know, I mean, I can give you a whole bunch of reasons why. Like basically student loans are a tax. They're not a debt. So if I told you again that you have a tax that you have to pay back in exchange for the government paying for your education, then, you know, taxes by definition are affordable. And we know that because everybody that lives in Portland isn't trying to move to Orlando, Florida to pay zero income tax, right? So we know that taxes by definition are affordable. And the federal student loans can always be thought of as a tax. And, and I said, you know, 10% of your income is what you have to pay. Well, on top of that, you have to prepare for the tax bomb. And how do you do that? As a great rule of thumb, if you put aside 5 to 10% of your money into an investment account, like Vanguard or any of the, you know, robo-advisors, like Betterment, Acorns, uh, Wealthfront, whatever, you know, just put 5% of your paycheck into one of those accounts and then do your student loan payment. And guess what that works out to? The worst case scenario for your federal student loans is it's like a 15 to 20% income tax. That's, that, that, that sounds pretty bad, yeah. right? But yeah. think about the fact that hopefully you're doing a job that you're way more excited about doing with your graduate degree versus without it, right? So if you kind of view it that way, well, well now you're basically paying a 15 or 20% tax because you decided to become a you know, naturopath instead of just work at a boring desk job that you would have hated. Yeah. Right. And so then the sacrifice of paying a percentage of your earnings in exchange for zero debt is, is really what the reality is. And then that's a pretty awesome situation to be in, okay. you know? So, you know, the, the challenging cases are when someone has a lot of private loans in federal loans together, because then there's two separate payments that are, you know, kind of double whamming somebody but then you can do other tools. You pull out other tools in the toolbox. You put the federal loans into forbearance. You get up to three years of that. Then you focus on the private loans and you focus on getting an emergency fund. And then you're back to that situation of your loans being in tax. And that's for somebody that's extremely stressed. You know, I mean, the only people that we cannot help are people that are unwilling to get help. And, and there's various reasons for that. Some of the reasons are not their fault and some of the reasons are their fault. I mean, I think people feel um, blame. They feel guilt. They feel depression and they, and they feel like they don't want to confront the thing that's stressing them. I mean, you would know this a lot better than me, obviously, as a psych, you know, it's kind of a psychotherapy background that you have. But, um, but I just, I just see people like sometimes that are, you can't make this stuff up, like people that are in default in their loans, they're being garnished. So they're losing 15% of their paycheck already. Uh, the interest is compounding and they're having their tax refund seized. So all these things are happening, right? And instead they could consolidate their loan with the government, get it out of default, and instead of paying like what's you know getting everything in their life seized, they could be paying as little as zero dollars a month on a plan like revised pay as you earn. Yeah, right. They're and, they're feeling they're feeling shame, which mm -hmm. you know stops us in our tracks, and then they have no idea where to go to ask for help, and they or they think it's not okay, you know, to reach out for help. I mean, that's just a beginning analysis, right? Right. Um, keep going, keep going. So, yeah, I just, I just think, and I shouldn't say that this is somebody's fault. Like, I don't really mean to, to blame anyone. I just think that you have to say you are the person that's going to fix this. It's not going to be, you know, 
it's not going to, you know, unfortunately, right. It's not going to be like Senator Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren's going to ride in on a white horse and wipe away everyone's debt. Right. That's just not going to happen. You know, what might happen is they might do targeted forgiveness. They might do expansion of loan forgiveness programs. They might change the rules to make it more generous to pay based on your income. They might eliminate the forgiven student loan tax bomb. They might expand public service loan forgiveness. Those are all things that we kind of take into account, right? But the thing is, is you are the person that's going to determine your student loans. But actually, more importantly, Barry, like you, the person listening to this, you are the person that's actually going to determine your own retirement date. It's not going to be, you know, work till you're dead because of your student loans, I promise. Because, you know, again, if you're really in a bad shape, then most people in really bad financial shape live off of mostly social security and retirement, right? And you can set your loans up in such a way where they're going to exclude your social security, you know, if your income is low from having to make any payments on your student loans in retirement. So that means that somebody that's 60 years old that thinks they're never going to retire could, instead of claiming social security at 62, they could claim it at 70 to get a benefit that's double for the rest of their lives. And then they could take their focus and put a lot of money into retirement savings instead of worrying about the loans. And then they could retire at 63 or 64, try to live off of all their retirement savings during the five or six years that they're waiting on Social Security, and then live on Social Security for the rest of their lives without having to pay much on their student loans because it's a percentage of your income with a lot of exclusions that you can exclude that not have to pay, make payments based on that. And that's somebody that's you know in deep, deep distress. So if I can get somebody who's in deep, deep distress to be able to retire at you know decades sooner than they thought, you know, imagine what we can do for somebody who's not in this deep distress, who's just trying to figure out what the heck do I do with this? So you've taken this one area, the, the student loans, and that's the doorway into um, financial planning, you know, or helping people to be able to um, live a good life but it's I'm I'm just still amazed I'm so grateful that this is your doorway you know because as I said I've been looking for this specialty um for many years now and I haven't I haven't seen anyone else take it on um I have so many financial planners and financial coaches and money coaches and accountants and bookkeepers and estate planners you know that I collaborate with um but but student loan debt, the way you're reframing it as a tax, not a debt, I've never heard that before. Um, and it has been the thing, I mean, where there are some people who, you know, who go to graduate school and don't finish or decide to do something different or get married and have baby. You know, there are many different scenarios. The ideal scenarios when you go to graduate school for something that you love and then you do work that you love and you earn a lot more than you could have before. Right. That's, that's the ideal scenario. Um, what else? I mean, at this point, I just want to send people to you because you, this is what you study and everything you're saying, I'm like, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I didn't know that loophole. I didn't know that, you know, so I just want to send people to your company and coaches and do they work with you directly? I saw that you have a whole team and I saw that people can just sign up for, is it one session? And based on how much student loan tax as you're saying or student loan debt that they have, it's either something like 395, so $400 for one 
full session to really review everything or higher if your debt's higher. Yeah, yeah it's 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 three ninety five three ninety five to five ninety five. So it's four hundred to six hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one time fee. Includes um, several months of email questions that if you have any, we're we're telling people a year of email support right now because of all the craziness going on. Yeah. Um, and uh, and this is you know this is all we do. I mean, like a lot of financial planning is is really important and really good. But uh, but the secret to financial planning is honestly you just have to know in general what you're trying to do and then have a high savings rate. And a lot of people need the accountability of somebody that's going to walk them through that journey. But you need to be able to get oriented the right direction before you can start walking down the path to get to one day needing a financial planner, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So that's kind of the way I look at at us is, you know, we're not trying to sign somebody up for a recurring service or something that's going to cost them thousands of dollars. I mean, this is something that, you know, you know, uh, you just to give you an example, like you said that, you know, you hope that they do, you know, something that they make more money with than they would otherwise would have done. I mean, I'll say this too. It's okay that if you don't, I mean, so just an, an example, we had a, um, an orthodontist client who had a stay-at-home husband who she was working a lot of hours and they had, I think, three or four kids together. And the number one thing that she wanted in life was not to make more money. It was, how do I work? Sorry about that. Hopefully you can edit that out. It's a yes, loud noise. Uh, it's okay. I'm going to just say this. The number one thing that this orthodontist client of ours wanted was how did, could she work part time uh, so that she could spend more time with her kids? Yeah. And, you know, and, and she had, again, stayed on stay at home husband. That's what they wanted for their family. And uh, and so she was desperately trying to figure out how do I do this with six hundred thousand dollars of student loan debt? Mm-hmm. And she was thinking the only solution was to work five days a week, sometimes picking up Saturdays. And it was stressing her out. She was really close to a breakdown. And so what we showed her is instead she could take advantage of this like loophole. She lived in in California. So this was like a, there's a loophole called the community property loophole. It's called the breadwinner loophole is what we've called it. But basically she could pay instead of paying 10% of all of her household income, she could pay on half of her household income. So that's a loophole specific to certain kinds of states. And, um, and so her payment went from like, I think 3000 a month on her student loans to maybe like, maybe like 500 a month on her student loans. Um, and her income dropped from, uh, I think it was maybe 300000 150. But the thing is, is as long as she's able to pay her living expenses, save a little money, and, uh, and, and you know, be able to have her student loans be a tax, well, now she can make the best decisions for her life versus having to make, you know, the decisions that, you know, having that amount of debt would force her into making, which would be not what she would want for her life. So what I like to think is like our job is giving people their ideal lives back. So for that person, we were able to give her, you know, years worth of more time with her kids, which is what she wanted yeah. without having to make, you know, her husband go back to work and, and not be there for their kids and for their family. So, um, so I mean, yeah. So I mean, in terms of like what do people that want to work with us, so if you have more than 50,000 of student loan debt and you earn probably less than what you owe, so your debt is bigger than what you earn, you probably would want to work with us. So go to studentloanplanner.com slash help. That's the, uh, that's the link. And, you know, also our website, studentloanplanner.com. It's super easy to find uh, where to click if you want to contact us. So that's what I would encourage is, you know, if you can afford, you know, that 400 to $600 right now, we yeah. save people projected 60 grand over the life of their loans. So we pay for the consult fee like a hundred times uh, on average. And if you cannot afford that because you are just that in dire straits right now, we have a student loan planner podcast and we have our blog that we produce 
gazillions of, you know, bits of free content on there. So that's what I would point people to if they're, um, you know, if they're looking for um, more resources than, you know, besides the ones where we can just figure it out for you if you can afford that. Wonderful. Wonderful. I mean, you're, you ask the deeper questions. You ask what's really important to you in this life. What are your values? What kind of lifestyle? How much time do you want to be with your family? How much time do you want to be working? It, it, the, you know, and I love these larger questions. Um, they're so important. And I'm so grateful that you exist both with all the podcasts and everything you've done there, but also for people who, who I'm realizing they need to come to you first if they have student loan debt um, that's keeping them awake at night or, they've, or they have questions or anything before they even go to a financial coach or financial plan planner. This is so important to understand really what are the options based on where they live and how much debt they have. So, yeah. yeah. Travis, thank you. Thank you. I, you know, I think we can go into all the government stimulus stuff, but I feel like this was a really complete piece around student loans and student loan tax and student loan debt. And I just want people to go to your site um, or to have a session with you or your team. Um, anything else before we complete? Just, uh, just know that, again, student loans are not the thing holding you back. Almost always it's something else and you just have to kind of weed through the, the weeds and, and really go into the details and figure out what's going on with the loans. And then we can find out what that something else is that's holding you back. And then we can fix that too. Thank you so much for your time and for taking this on as your specialty and expertise. I'm so grateful. Thank you, Barry. Hi again. Thank you so much for joining me today. What you heard here is a delicious sample of the loving guidance, heartful inspiration, and practical tools you'll find in my year-long money school, The Art of Money. I hope you found something here to take with you, a lesson, some inspiration, or even just a little grace for yourself and where you are in your own money journey. If you're feeling called to wade deeper here, Please pack your financial goals, soul deep aspirations, and grab your favorite person. You can find out more at barrytesler.com.